What's up, everybody? On the Come Up Podcast, back at it again. Today, we talk about a Batman character finally getting the spotlight. The Zion era begins, the NBA Finals outcome, a blockbuster trade in the NBA, and question time with your host. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's that time of the week again, folks. On the Come Up Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and their culture. I am your host, Jacob Knight. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the podcast. And if you're a returning listener, glad to have you back. We got a fantastic show lined up for you today, folks. Okay, first order of business. We're going to talk about the origin stories we didn't know we needed. So the Batman universe has grown over the past few years. We already know the Dark Knight movies speak for himself. And new story arcs have been introduced in the comics. And there's multiple TV shows and movies that's based in the same universe where Batman exists or is going to exist in the future. In the movies, you know, the DC universe is up and running. And there's an upcoming Joker movie coming out this October. And Batman has been referenced in a bunch of TV, TV shows such as Arrow, Flash, Titans on the DC streaming network. And even had his own prequel series on Fox and Gotham. But Batman has one of the deepest character lists in comic books. There's been multiple, like I said, there's, there was there has been multiple series and movies based on those characters. But to me, there's always one character who doesn't get the recognition they deserve. And that character, ladies and gentlemen, is Alfred Pennyworth. Yes, his butler. We'll scratch that. The word butler is, a, is an understatement when we're talking about Alfred Pennyworth. He's the unsung hero in the series besides Batman because he's Batman's right-hand man. He's been a surrogate father to Batman almost his, his entire life. And he's the voice of reason that Batman will listen to when that time comes around. He always knows what to do in any situation. All in all, Alfred Pennyworth is that guy. But before he was a butler, there's been multiple tellings of Alfred Pennyworth in the comics. Originally in the comics, when I did my research, he didn't meet Bruce Wayne. Well, he, when he was first introduced in thing in the 1940s, he wasn't. He didn't become Bruce Wayne's butler until Bruce was an adult. But later iterations, the ones we know more fondly, Alfred has been uh, Bruce's butler since he was a baby, or even before uh, Bruce Bruce Wayne was born. But before Alfred became a butler. Uh, he was a former. He was formerly of the army, serving in the British SAS as like a special forces over there. So Alfred knows a thing about a thing or two about guns and combat. And there's been a few great Alfred portrayals in Batman over the over over the, over the years. First, we had the Alfred that was in the Batman series in the mid '90s, and we had the Alfred that played. We had the Alfred in the Dark Knight, Dark Knight trilogy. Both was really good. Alfred's character, both just you know that the witty, smart ass old man. That's basically what those two Alfreds were. But my favorite Alfred portrayal has to be the Alfred that was in Gotham on Fox. He was a much he was he he was a little younger than Alfred we see in the movies. But he but he didn't mind getting his hands dirty. He was out there shooting guns, fighting members of the League, the League of Assassins, and had dinner ready for Bruce Wayne that night. To be honest, he was the, the most versatile Alfred we ever seen portrayed. And usually, 
usually when I invest in a TV show and I attach myself to a character, I kind of like, hmm, yeah, I come invested in him. I, I, usually when I like a character, I give him a nickname. So Alfred's nickname in, uh, in Gotham to me was AP. I'd be like, man, my dog AP out there putting them hands to Bruce Wayne. Remember, people who seen Gotham in season four, it got so by Bruce was, you know, Bruce was being the rebellious teenager. And Alfred was like, you know what? I'm tired of you cutting them up, Bruce. I'm going to put these hands on you. And he put them hands on Bruce. He gave Bruce that two-piece combo. Gave, then gave him a black eye after that. But but back, back to the back to the back to the point. Uh yeah, but the Alfred and Goth was part of the best Alfred portrayal, I think. I've seen, and they delve into his backstory a little bit too on the show, if if I if I recall. But why am I talking about Alfred so much? Well, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, he's finally getting this shine because last week there was a trailer for a TV show that gives you the origin stories of Alfred. It's called Pennyworth, and the show follows a young Alfred. Probably, I want to say it is. Mid to late 20s, he was fresh out of the British SAS and he forms a, a security company in London and he gets high-end clients. And one of those high-end clients is the Wayne family, Thomas and Martha. And the show was announced last week and it came out with a trailer. And, it's, and the, the, show pretty, the show looks pretty interesting. I was like, wow, I didn't know I needed an Alfred Pennyworth origin story. But I guess I think we need one now. And Alfred is probably the last character... And Batman, who you thought would get a series, but when, if you see the trailer, it looks real good. It has this gritty James Bond feel to it. And, and, and to me, it looks fresh and different because we're getting a story told of a character we just just known as a butler his entire life. But yeah, but once again, the show is called Alfred, and it re, and it appears on it, it premieres on July twenty eighth on a channel called Epics. And I think Epics is on some of the streaming services. I think it's on if you got PlayStation view and youtube tv it's i think it comes on there from what i read but switching to sports we're going to talk about one of the my bad switching to sports <laughs> we're going to talk about probably the most hyped player entering the league since lebron when we come back okay so the nba drafted this thursday and zion williamson is a consensus number one overall pick he's probably the most hyped Number one overall pick since LeBron in 2003. And probably has more hype than LeBron entering the NBA since we're in the era of social media. Uh, this guy had a million Instagram followers as a junior in high school. And when he went to college, he signed with basket, basketball powerhouse Duke to play for a year. And, you know, to me, in uh, in high school, I thought he was just a dunker. Because all the highlights you see him just dunking, doing windmills and blocking shots of five foot nine white kids. When he started playing at Duke, he was really impressive. He was a great he's a great passer, plays defense, has a little three-point shot. It's a set shot, but it's some three-point range. And we never seen a man move or jump this high for the size he is. Like he is so nimble on his feet. But I'm a little worried when he gets to the NBA. Not I don't think he's going to be a good player or not, because I think he's going to be a great player, possibly a face of the league in the future. But I'll just Curious on what position is he going to play because he's listed as 6'7". Six, 6'6 six, six on some sides, but you know some, you know, they like to bump your height up a little bit from what it really is. He's probably going to 
played a three in the NBA because the average height for an NBA small forward is six seven, and, and he fits that bill. But because because he'll be too undersized to play the four, in my opinion. But in the West, if the Pelicans draft him, he's probably going to be guarded and has to guard. You know, LeBron, Paul George. Kawhi if he goes to the West, and Jimmy Butler if he goes to the West. But I think Zion is going to be a great player in the NBA because uh, you can tell a person's character sort of in their interviews. And, of course, he was probably one of the most interviewed players over the past year. And you can tell he's he's a real humble person. Like, at the moment, he's not big-headed about, you know, and he's not he's not big-headed. I don't see an ego coming out of him. You know, like, he, like He's not like, okay, I know I'm the best. I know I'm, I'm the number one overall pick. I'm going to be cocky. But, no, he's a... Real humble person. I feel like the moment never gets too big for him. But I think he's going to bring life to uh, New Orleans, kind of like how LeBron brought life to Cleveland when he first got drafted. And continuing talking about the NBA, we're going to talk about the NBA Finals outcome and what's next to come in the offseason. Okay, we have a new NBA champion. The Raptors won their first NBA championship in franchise history by beating the Golden State Warriors 4-2 in the NBA Finals. And it's the first championship for the city of Toronto since the Blue Jays won it in 1993 after they won the World Series. And history and history was made in the NBA Finals. With the Finals MVP, Kawhi was the first player in NBA history to win Finals MVP, Finals MVP for a Western Conference team and an Eastern Conference team. And it's the angle of Kawhi has been acting out of character this past week from the smoking of the cigar to to be honest, just talking in general. Kawhi never talks, so him talking, he been act, is, is, is acting out of character for him. But he added another nickname for himself too. Of course, he's known as Kawhi. I mean, the Claw, the Silent Mamba, the Fun Guy, the Board Man, and he added a new nickname to his resume: the Dynasty Killer, because he beat the Miami Heat and in their three-peat run, he beat the Golden State Warriors and in their three-peat run, and they single-handedly destroyed the San Antonio Spurs dynasty with him wanting to be traded out of there. And also with the Raptors win, Mark Gasol joins his brother Paul Gasol as the first set of brothers in the NBA to, to win an NBA title. Powell won it with the Lakers in 2009 and 2010. And of course, uh, recently, Mark Gasol won it with the Raptors. And this team reminds me a lot of the 2011 Mavericks team that defeat the Miami Heat. Of course, they have both had one superstar, Kawhi and Dirk. They both had a gritty point guard, Kyle Lowry and Jason Kidd. They had, they had a three-point sniper, Van Fleet and Jason Terry. And amazing role players, Gasol, Ibaka, Siakam for the Raptors, and Chandler, Butler, and J.J. Barea for the Mavericks. And, and, and since the tip-off in Game 1, you could probably you could tell that Toronto was the better team on the court. They were bigger and more physical to Golden State. That's two things you need to beat Golden State. And some people were saying, like, does this title deserve an asterisk because Golden State was riddled with injuries? And I don't think it deserved an asterisk because at the end of the day, it's the Warriors versus the Raptors. No matter who's on the court, you know, the Warriors are still the Warriors. They're still going to have that, that aura around. And when you beat them... You beat the Warriors. You don't beat KD, Curry, Clay, Draymond. You, you beat the Warriors. And the same thing you could say in 2015. Did that deserve an asterisk too? The, the Warriors title in 2015? Because LeBron lost Kyrie in game one of the finals with a knee injury. And Kevin Love, I want to say in the first round of the finals with a 
elbow injury, but I don't think it, it doesn't deserve an asterisk. So congratulations to the Raptors in a well-deserved win. So where do we go from here? Well, with the Raptors, it's the definition of all-in. They went all-in this year. They traded their cornerstone player in DeMar DeRozan. They fired their coach, Dwayne Casey, right after he just won coach of the year. So the the GM gave Dwayne Casey the congratulations handshake and fired him in the same handshake. He was like, hey, congratulations, but you're fired. And also they added pieces like Marcus Gasol and Danny Green and the emergence of uh, Siakam who had, a, who had a breakout year. But the biggest question after the finals is, does Kawhi stay your lead? Reports saying that the Clippers are probably uh, had the, be- the best odds on landing Kawhi. And they were saying like, yes, Kawhi will have his own team in his own city, L.A. But if he's staying in Toronto, he has a whole country behind him. I mean, Toronto is doing everything to keep Kawhi. They had this Kawhi and Don initiative where basically if Kawhi stays, he eats at all the restaurants for, for free. Uh, an unknown source offered him a penthouse to stay rent-free if he stays. More than likely, I think Drake offered him that penthouse. But Kawhi, Kawhi's a weird guy. You don't know what he's he's thinking of there. Like, it's 2019, and he's still got corn rolls on his head, and he still drives a 97 Chevy Tahoe. So who knows what this man is, is thinking. He may stay. He may go. We don't know. But on the other hand, with the Warriors, if this is the end of a dynasty, it's been a hell of a ride. Three titles in five years, five straight NBA Finals appearances. They had the most wins in the regular season in 2015 and 16. And we saw the emergence of arguably the best backcourt in NBA history with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. But this free agency, free agency is going to be really interesting because Kawhi's a free agent, KD and Klay is a free agent. And it was just, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, it was just heartbreaking seeing Klay Thompson uh, tear his ACL. Like, people, like, everybody likes Klay Thompson. People, like, people say they don't like KD, they don't like Draymond, even Steph got his own critics. But everybody, everybody loves Klay Thompson. And it just, it just sucks seeing him go down. But we wish K, uh, Klay Thompson and KD a quick recovery. And with those injuries, we don't know how free... Uh, how uh, NBA free agency is going to turn out. And sticking to the topic of the NBA, I'm going to leave for one second and put my Lakers hat on and come back because we just had a blockbuster trade happen over the weekend. Okay, I got my hat on. And just, just bear with me, folks. I'm going to be a homer for the next few minutes. But Saturday was a good day to be a Lakers fan. I'm just going to say this. Four letters... One number, AD2LA. Yes, the Lakers finally traded for Anthony Davis after months and months of just grueling, agonizing waiting. I mean, we had to change. Magic Johnson had to quit for us to sign AD. That's how bad, that's how bad it got. But yes, the Lakers traded for the All-Star player Saturday. And with that trade... The Lakers got Anthony Davis, and the New Orleans Pelicans got Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and three first-rounders. So we're going to break this trade down. So the, so we'll go, the first player, Lonzo Ball, I believe, I believe he's going to be a good NBA player. Not great, like some analysts say, just, just a good player. He's a phenomenal passer, 
he's a good rebounder for a point guard, and when healthy, he can play. He can play some defense, but it's just one glaring flaw when it comes to Lonzo Ball. And yes, it's that jump shot. Yes, you can get the rebounds and you can get all the assists, but rebounds and assists don't win your games. And also, his I'm gonna be nice. He has a terrible free throw percentage. 43%. That is worse than some centers. I think that's worse than Shaq and Ben Simmons. Probably the two most well-known <laughs> terrible free throw shooters. And 43% from the free throw on an NBA as a non-center is not is not gonna cut it. Uh another player in the trade was Brandon Ingram. Uh first of all, he has a mean right hook, and he was coming into his own before he was sidelined with a blood clot late last season. And the last player in the trade, Josh Hart, he's a good rotation player. He's a good uh, three and D player. He plays hard. He's gritty. He's gonna die for loose balls. He's gonna get. He's gonna give you his all when he's on the court. And they have a good possible starting five for New Orleans. Uh, you have, of course, Alonzo, Zion, uh, Brandon Ingram, True Holiday, and uh, Julius Randle. But we don't know that now since Julius Randle has opted out of his contract and is going to be a, a free agent. So basically uh, they're going to have a good young team, a good young core to build around in the future. And the three draft picks, which I personally think is too much that they, they probably should just gave the number one or the number four overall draft pick instead of giving three first round draft picks, but they gave him three first round draft picks in 2019, 2021 and, and, uh, 2024 it reports the team is, is is teams are interested in getting the fourth pick from the Pelicans, but we may not find out more until uh draft night in, in the days after uh draft night and on the Lakers side of the trade of course the Lakers received Anthony Davis I thought since they gave away three first round picks we should have got probably like Etwan Moore or Alfred Payton to go with Anthony Davis but hey that's how that's how the business works but Anthony Davis uh is a good player. Top top five, top ten certainly. Uh, but top ten certainly. But to me, three rounders was just three first rounders was just too much. But as a Lakers fan, I'm happy we got AD. You know, New Orleans had to deal him, but because once a player just verbally says, "Hey, I do not want to play for this team anymore," it's going to be awkward in the locker room having a player, you know, saying, "Hey, I don't want to be here," and, he, and you know, y'all still got to practice with him. And play with him because you know when a player openly demands a trade, this is a sticky situation. In the past few seasons, players you know demanded who demanded to be traded got traded. Kyrie got traded out of Cleveland when he said he didn't want to play. Paul George got out of Indiana when he said he didn't want to play. Jimmy Butler got out of Minnesota. Kawhi got out of San Antonio. Now AD got traded from New Orleans. It's the first time I can probably in recent memory that a player demanded a trade. And went to the place he wanted to go to. Usually, they don't trade you to the place you want to go to because it doesn't make sense. Oh, why, okay, this guy wants out, so we're going to give him what he wants and trade him to the team he wants to go to. And his agent, Rich Paul, said if he gets traded to any other team besides L.A., he's only going to be a one-year rental. And that kind of scared teams away because why are you going to give up you know, half your team for a player who's just going to be there for one year, a, a one-year rental? And and all that scared other teams away. So Rich Paul probably has a lot of credit to do in, in this trade happening as well. But uh, you know the big parent of L.A. Now we had 
We had uh, Kareem and Magic, Kobe and Shaq, Kobe and Gasol. Now we have AD and LeBron. And I think AD and LeBron will be a good combo because AD will draw the double teams down low. It can also spread the floor because he, over the years, over the, over the course of his career, he uh, stretches game out to the three-point line. And it's going to be kind of different for LeBron because LeBron had his most, most success when his second-best player was a, per, was a perimeter player, you know, Kyrie in uh, Cleveland and Dwayne Wade in Miami. And currently, currently constructed, the team only has five players under contract. And probably one of the most surprising things in the trade, the most most people, was that they kept Kyle Kuzma because we all thought if we're going to get Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma has to be involved in that trade. And I've been to a Lakers game in L.A., and Kyle Kuzma is a fan favorite. Of course, you know, when you go to the games, you're going to have your OG jersey. People are going to have their OG jerseys on, you know, Kareem's, Magic, Shaq, and Kobe's. But out of the current players, like his jerseys and shirts, everybody had on and all most of the stuff at the Lakers merchandise table was Kyle Kuzma related because Kyle Kuzma related. And I'm just happy we kept him because to me, I believe he's, he's going to be a real good player. And yeah, but he's only the one of five players currently under contract. And with three years in the league with the Lakers, he is now the longest tenured Laker on the roster. But there's also rumors that they're going to uh, try to ship out a couple more contracts to make room to get a max free agent because you got uh, rumors that they want. I think Kimba was one of their top targets, but with the cap space, that's going to be an issue. In my opinion, uh, I, I think we don't need to get another max player. Uh, well, you know, if we do, I'm not going to complain, but I think we need to split that chunk of money up and get a lot of really good players on the roster because now we have no guards. <laughs> we need shooting uh, because the Lakers was one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league last year. I think we could probably, you know, add a Danny Green, add a J.J. Redick. Trevor Ariza, Jamal Crawford. Um, I'm probably gonna mispronounce this guy's name, but he plays for the Pacers. Is Bog Bogdanovic, and we also we need a point guard to sign if we don't resign a uh, Rondo. And you know, of course, Ricky Rubio is available. There's a lot of it, it, it's a good superstar free agency class, but it's also a great role player free agency class as well because you also have good good role players such as Marcus Morris available. Terry Rozier, Miritic, Kelly Oubre, Brooke Lopez. It's, yeah, it's a lot of good role players in the NBA. But I'm not going to be mad if, you know, the Lakers happen to get... I'm, I'm just hypothetically speaking here. I don't think it's going to happen. But if the Lakers get like a Kimball Walker or a Ka- Kawhi or a Kyrie Irving, I kid you not. If we get one of those players, I'm going to get on Instagram Live. I'm going to be shirtless with a Lakers hat on, with a Henny bottle in my hand, with a little Uzi verse, yeah, I do what I want, playing in the background. But that's if it happens. <laughs> and once again, it's going to be another interesting offseason for the Lakers because, as you know, the Lakers is my favorite sports team. I I, I was a, I grew up with the Lakers. My whole family likes the Lakers. And I, I just want the Lakers... I just want I don't want I don't think we're gonna win the title. I just want to make the playoffs. Baby steps. Just make the playoffs. Just make the playoffs. I just want to go to the dance. I don't want to get twerked on. I'm just, I just want to sit back 
with a drink in my hand. He'd be like, yes, I'm at the dance. So please, Lakers, just, just go to the dance for me one time. Okay, uh, I have this idea for a new segment I'm probably going to do every so often. I don't have a name for this segment yet like I, like I do for other segments, but this was just going to be just a Q&A with the host. I've been just thinking of more ways I can have audience interaction because audience, audience interaction, you know, helps your podcast grow. And I took to this Facebook, uh, this Facebook podcast community I'm, I'm part of and I said, hey, what do y'all do for more audience interaction? They say, just do a Q&A. So I'm going to take, I'm taking that, taking that idea and running with this. So I went on Facebook and Twitter and I said, hey, if I do a Q&A segment, would y'all be interested on my podcast? And, and you know, I got some questions sent in. So this segment, I'm just going to read it and just answer them. Um, I just, this is my first time seeing them since the day I got it. All I did was just read the question, copied and pasted it all in once. This is my first time seeing the question since since then. Okay, question number one from Michael via Facebook. He asked, how do you feel about dark-skinned women in entertainment industry? Name some good, name some good ones and bad ones. Ooh, already asking a hard-hitting question. I'm not going to say, there's not really, I don't, I'm not going to say I, I don't have there's bad ones because, you know, I respect everybody in their craft, but how I feel about dark skinned women in the entertainment industry, I feel like, hmm, what's that word? I feel like they're in some sort, some sort of a, of a renaissance, you know, like now it's popular to have, you know, more dark skinned women on television shows and, you know, television shows, movies, sports and all that other stuff. And, you know, because to me, they were, uh, not I'm saying, uh, dark skinned women was typecast a lot. They were just, you know, just the loud best friend or the woman whose husband or boyfriend cheated on him and left him. Basically, the beginning plot of any Tyler Perry movie. But there's been great representation in the entertainment, in, in, the, in the entertainment industry by dark skinned women. Like on TV, you have. Uh, Carrie Washington has been holding it down on Scandal. I, I think Scandal is still on. I don't watch it. Uh, you have in, Insecure is a real popular show. I have a, a few friends that watch Insecure, and there's a representation on that show. And even in other shows, like horror shows, like The Walking Dead, um, I, I can't pronounce her name, but, you know, uh, Michonne, she's holding it down on The Walking Dead. And with that, it's even blood into... Uh, comic book movie like in comic book movies because you know black panther was full of representation of dark skin women. we have uh shuri angela bassett played black panther's mother you have uh i think her name is lapita nawango sorry if i mispronounced your name she played the black panther's love interest and once again michonne from the walking dead played okoye his bodyguard and also even interestingly in the past few years they even delve into the horror genre as like main antagonist because he had Octavia Octavia Spencer playing you know the the villain in Ma. To be honest, I didn't want to see the movie because uh, you know I, it didn't look interesting to me. But you know, having her, you know, it was different having uh, 
that her playing that kind of character. And you also had us once again with the uh, Lapita Nawanga playing, of course, you know, her and uh, uh, I haven't seen us yet. So don't don't criticize me. I haven't seen us yet. I need to see it. I'm, I'm going to go see it. I'm going to get it on DVD when it comes out and watch it. But he had her on us and I read the reviews that she did a, a fantastic job in that role. And also in sports, I count sports as forms of entertainment. You have Simone Biles in the gymnastics. You have, uh, of course, Venus and Serena in tennis. And you have great sports, uh, dark-skinned women who are sports personalities. Like, I'm a big fan of Carrie Champion. Uh, you have um, that girl on the Bleacher Report. She just, uh, she's, she's starting to get popular now. I think his name is Taylor Rooks. And you have uh, Jamel Hill. I was a big fan of Jamel Hill when she was on ESPN. And I listened to her podcast um, every time I get a chance. But I think... Uh, dark-skinned women's having a renaissance in the entertainment industry. Question number two from George via Twitter said, would you consider a new uh, segment or side series where you critique films? I know that's your jam. Yes, that was part of the question. Uh, Well, I kind of do a film, just, you know, film reviews. I'm going to go see Toy Story 4 this weekend, so I'm going to have uh, a Toy Story 4 review on the podcast next week. But I do, I I don't know about a side series in general. I want to have more, I want to have more segments why, you know, either I talk about upcoming movies, you know, of course, the movie reviews, I rank movies in a series, put two movies against each, against each other. I have a lot of ideas for movies coming down the pipeline. One of my big ideas is after Spider-Man Far From Home come out, I'm going to do a whole Infinity Saga ranking list where I'm going to rank all 23 of the Marvel movies from uh, worst to best. That's one of the ideas I'm have down the pipeline. I'm also, I'm also going to have, I may do a Quentin Tarantino ranking where I rank all his movies. I want to do a Toy Story ranking, but I have to, you know, of course, see the fourth movie first and really dissect each movie because I'm a real big movie buff. I do all that nerd stuff, uh, watch all the special features when the trailer comes out. I watched the trailer. I watched the little trailer breakdown videos, you know, stuff you really, you know, stuff uh, you might have missed on your first try. Then I watch, you know, sneak peeks of the movie. Then when the movie comes out, I go home, watch the YouTube, you know, read the Wikipedia. If I miss something, I go back and watch, you know, things you might have missed in the movie, Easter eggs. Then I watch uh, like what the ending, like what the ending really means or how to they explained the ending of the movie to me, but yes, I do. Ha- I w- I would love to have a side series, but I'm probably more gonna stick more to just um, movie segments. I'm gonna try to ha- have a lot more movie segments on a podcast in the future. And last question was presented to me by Stephen via Facebook. He asked, "Were the were the two songs by Drake disappointing?" Ooh, this is an interesting one. Of course, you know since the Raptors won, Drake is the global ambassador for the franchise. And we're all just joking around on social media. It's like, if the Raptors win, Drake is going to drop something, album, a song, something. And when the Raptors won, he, he posted that, hey, two new songs coming out, uh, I guess the next day, a couple of days. It came out about two or three days after the Raptors won. And uh, I'm, I'm going to break the songs down. One was called, uh, Amaretta and 
the second one was called Money in the Grave with uh, Rick Ross. Um, or the song Disappointed. I know they're not Drake's best songs, but they're uh, they're good. Um, I was just a little to me. I thought he, he I thought oh, he was just hype on the energy of the Raptors winning it. Once the Raptors won, he was going to go into the booth that night and record some stuff. I was expecting, I was expecting like references towards the game, maybe a line directed at Kawhi or a line directed at Toronto. But these songs probably more, probably just, I don't want to say throwaways. That's not on Scorpion. Just songs he just has in the bank, you know, for, uh, you know, for a rainy day. So he probably just grabbed those two songs out and decided to put them out. And, hmm. But to me, there's two types of Drake. Like this, these two songs, to me, symbolize the two types of Drake. You got the 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 bop Drake. He puts out those boppy songs, like you just nod your head to for radio play, like you know, in my feelings, uh, started from the bottom. And you got lyricist Drake or Amaretta. That's the one I like the most when he's just you know just going off, you know, bar for bar, is just straight, is you know, spin that heat. But if I had to pick a favorite song between the two, I'll pick Amaretta because. Okay, Drake's probably one of the only artists I give this much leeway to. Drake could put some, you know, like I think my friend Tyler said he put put what those ABC tracks out, like just just something simple to put on the radio, like uh, like I said, in my feelings, nice for what, which I like a lot. Uh, started started from the bottom. He he could do those little ABC radio hits because because I know when Rubber needs to meet the road, Drake is probably one of the best lyricist rappers in the game right now, like. Tuscan Weather, Lord Knows, Furthest Thing. Uh, I'll probably name a lot of Drake songs off. Nothing Was the Same, because Nothing Was the Same was my favorite Drake album. But yes, uh, but Amaretto is probably my favorite song out of, that, that two, uh, out of those two little songs he put out recently. To, but the answer to uh, Steven's question, I don't think the Drake songs were disappointing, but this also not his best work. It's just... It's just good. It's it just you know just cleanses your palate until he releases you know more music down the road whenever that will be. Thank you everybody for listening to another episode of On the Come Up podcast. I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to listen to these episodes. Please like, subscribe, and share. Y'all have a nice weekend, and see y'all next week.